We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. It has been a while. Kel Dansby here. The old man, Andreas Hale, is not in the building today. So a little bit of a change-up, I know. But we hope to get him back on Sunday. It's been crazy busy for him. When he does come back on the pod, we'll explain why we took almost a two-week hiatus. And you guys haven't heard from us. But... I'm not going to lie, it is refreshing. This is probably the longest break we've had from the podcast in five and a half years. So thank you guys for bearing with us. We won't do this again for another five and a half years, but I do appreciate it. I've been out here in Vegas. It was my wife's birthday. I was able to make sure that I gave her the attention that I usually do not give her. We spent a lot of time out here celebrating. So that has been great work. It's kind of left me slammed being here in Vegas as well. Of course, you know, the hub of combat sports. So I've been able to do a lot of stuff out here. So schedules just kind of got in the way. When the old man was ready, I was busy. When he was really busy this past week, I was available. So it kind of just got jumbled. And we're also working on a couple new deals as well. 
So bringing all of that together and some big stuff coming up in the future for the Corner Podcast. So thank you guys for bearing with us. We promise, promise we're back on the schedule. We got you guys. Plenty of combat sports talk coming for the I mean, the foreseeable future, right? We have boxing pay-per-views coming up. UFC has a major pay-per-view coming in a week. Of course, pro wrestling is just rolling out constantly. Just had a great AEW show, which I'll wait for the pro wrestling to talk about it when the old man gets back because he was really hyped about what happened this week on AEW. But we'll talk about everything going on there. So, so much to get to in the coming weeks. It's going to be fun. Thank you guys for tuning in and locking back in with us on this show since it's just me. I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Should I just come out and be the human hot take machine? Should I go wild? Should I say something crazy? And then I was just like, nah, let me let me wheel that back. Really? Just because right now there's nothing like too wild to do. I don't want to put myself in a situation where I lose another bet to the old man when he comes back. So I'm trying to chill for a second. And... There was nothing that really, really caught my eye out there to just be like, yo, you know what? Fuego take. So I think I'm going to be chill on this episode. Now, if I say some wild shit because the old man's not here with me, then it just happens. That's just naturally coming out. But I don't anticipate any wild takes that's going to send half our listeners running to the old man's timeline to rat me out. So, um, no, there's wild stuff, of course, that have happened in the two weeks since we've had a podcast, though, I want to touch on some of that that's not combat sports related because that's what we do here, right? And without the old man, I get to talk about some wild stuff. So even if I don't say wild stuff, I get to talk about wild stuff. So the first thing that caught my eye, I don't feel like talking about Kanye. Kanye is like me and an old man discussion. I think we've beat that that horse to death. He's doing stuff to really get attention I don't feel like giving him attention right now. Okay, he can go pee on eight more Grammys. It doesn't really bother me. So I skipped over Kanye. One person I didn't skip over. Because he was a player I once liked. And maybe it's, you know, it's not combat sports. But we're not going to talk about the actual game. We're going to talk about the player. He was once a New York Giant. Team near and dear to my heart. He brought back the blonde hair. I drafted him in multiple fantasy teams. Odell Beckham. And it's something we didn't talk about on the last show. I think it happened as soon as we recorded the last show. And it's been like a week. I've been able to sit down and digest this, pun intended. So Odell Beckham allegedly, let me let me start with that, allegedly flies this chick out who looks like creator IG thought number 56. So... If you guys have played pro wrestling video games, everyone makes fun and say you're a creator wrestler. She's creator IG thought. If you put just real stringy hair and then random assortment of tattoos and loose lips, sink ships together in, in like a, a generator, this is who you get. So she goes on the podcast. Of course, everyone has podcasts now. So there's these two women. Shout out to them. That just talks about hooking up with athletes and famous people and everything. Cool. I don't know. There's an avenue for this. Shout out to them. This girl goes on there and says Odell Beckham flew her out. Not newsworthy, right? We see this happening all the time. Hell, I mean, even when people can't get flown out, guys will find a way to make sure they can do wild stuff. We saw that in the NBA. Dude got kicked out of a bubble for smashing 
a chick who gives COVID tests. So if there's a will, there's a way. Odell Beckham flying a girl out, not out of the ordinary. Odell Beckham flying out a chick who's maybe a three on a scale of one to ten. Possibly noteworthy, but he's a single man. He can do what he wants. Not everyone is smashing tens every day. I get it. Every now and then, someone might want a three. Maybe she has a great personality. I don't know her personally. Maybe he did. Who knows how that went down. So he flies her out. All right, still, not newsworthy. Everything is good. She then says she was flown out for a very specific task. If this was taken, she has a very specific set of skills. And this is obviously, if you guys haven't seen it or heard about this in the past week, I will refresh your memory. She says that he requested for her to drop a deuce on video and then fly out and do this on per in person. I'm not sure if this is like the Biggie skit where it's a specific request to be on Odell Beckham or not. I, I didn't look that far into it. But I do know that uh, she was asked to do this in some form or way to do the act outside of the normal restroom. So whatever, to each his own. We're not here kink shaming, right? Shout out to the other podcast. Shout out to like horrible decision and such. We're not here to kink shame. If that's his thing, that's his thing. Her saying it is kind of problematic. And this is what, and, okay, let me rewind. You know what, it's kind of weird. I'm not kink shaming. I get to say it's weird though, right? Like people have things. That's just a weird thing to be into. And then to have a random IG thought do it, it's like you kinda, that seems like a personal act. You know, like maybe you should get to know someone. Maybe you request that on like a fifth date. That's not like a, hey, I just met you, I'm in your DMs, you want to fly out and uh, spread cheek for me? Like, I, I, I don't know how that conversation goes, but it seems like you got to know somebody to kind of have that done. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's a weird request right off the bat. If you're going to do that, you, you at least need to take her out to dinner first. Something. So, going on, her spilling the beans is what's problematic. Because rich people, athletes, people in public eye, they do weird shit all the time. Like, there's plenty of people with kinks and, and different things that they're into and stuff that is taboo because they're bored. When you when you go hook up with a, just a layout, of, you know, a training camp football roster of women, top flight women, you get bored. So yeah, him requesting a, a chick who looks like Cat Stacks 8.0 doesn't surprise me because I'm sure he's had a million models. So after a while, you're just like, all right, I've had a million pretty faces. Maybe she has a trick. We, we now know kind of what her trick was. But, you know, going into it, maybe she does something different. You know, not everyone's a blue chip prospect. Some people are two stars coming out of high school. Maybe he was looking to develop something. So he <laughs> requests this. And when you do that, though, when you reach out and you know that you're famous and you know that you have a profile, the problem here is 
is that you're choosing people who have nothing to lose. Going and reaching for a three, create a thought, number 38. You know, going and doing this gives her now the ability to go out and create a name off of you. She had nothing to lose to say that she's completely willing to send poop videos. Like that doesn't take away her credibility. She had no credibility. That can only hurt one person and that is the blonde man requesting these poop videos. So Odell, to his credit, handled it as well as you can. He made a funny IG post talking about no one can knock him off his route and it ended in, I believe I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure it ended in, it's okay, shit happens. That's hilarious. You got to make fun of yourself, right? That's the easiest way to diffuse the situation. Stuff kind of went away. And it's just, I feel like these stories come out all the time where these uh, Instagram girls, YouTube girls, OnlyFans girls, they're all rushing to out these athletes for their specific, let's just call them idiosyncrasies. And all it does is give them not even 15 seconds of fame, like five seconds of fame. 1.2 seconds of fame and the athletes are just stuck out here it's like man did no one see Derek Jeter like it cannot be handled any better than Derek Jeter that man I don't know anything about his dating life only thing you know is his roster was deep but nothing came out about him and it seems like all it takes is a goodie bag or a little gift basket and for you to be nice to them and send them on their way unless maybe girls have changed from then till now and again Jeter was messing with supermodels, actresses, people who have stuff to lose. So their business wasn't getting out there. When you invite the IG thoughts into your life, you get IG thought problems. And I'm not calling like these women thoughts specifically because anyone can be a thought. Odell Beckham, if we're being honest, has thought tendencies. Uh, in terms of a guy, maybe he is full on thought. He does a lot of stuff. He, he dances in random places and, and does selfie videos on the gram. And He's in the back of Drake videos. There, that's a lot of thought tendencies. So maybe he's just, you know, around people of his ilk. I, I'll dive into that more in my head. I don't need to ramble on about that. But it goes to say, at least mess with thoughts on your level. Like, mess with someone that has something to lose. So... That was the first thing this past like week and a half I've been thinking about. I was like, yo, I wish we had a podcast because Odell doesn't get the pass for that. I don't care what he wanted to do, but he needs to up his game. Like his game fell off on the field after the Giants trade, and then now his thought game is falling off too. He used to be all pro thought. Now he's he's borderline practice squad thought. He needs to reinvigorate his career. I don't know how, I don't know when, but he, he needs to work on that. As a matter of fact, he's having a good game against the Cincinnati Bengals. So maybe his dot game will come up too. So that's my my ode to my, my boy Odell Beckham out there. I wish him nothing but the best, even though he's not a giant. The next thing I want to touch on that happened this past week, and watching this is two very different scenarios right so i guess it's it's happened over the course of a long time not just this past week but to me it all culminated on on the yin yang scenario this past week so takashi was crying and full disclosure if you guys have been listening to the show you know 
I used to listen to Takashi music. I don't mind his music. I, tr I listened to this new album. I thought it was whack. But, I mean, all his music is whack. This is just whacker versions of the whack music before. But occasionally, like, yeah, I like listening to dope music. Yeah, I appreciate Run the Jewels. I appreciate uh, a lot of these other highbrow acts, especially like the old man likes. I, I know good music. Occasionally, I choose to listen to really bad music. You got to have a balance. You got to have an appreciation. So Takashi was that balance. That was a guilty pleasure before. Now he drops his new album. He's tight because they're not giving him the rollout that Big Sean got. Big Sean debuted at number one. He's on the new artist, or excuse me, the new albums list for the week on Apple, Spotify. Takashi's album is buried. He's upset about this. I'm not sure what he expected to happen when he came home. I think social media love can kind of blind you because he has a lot of followers and he, he feels like people tuning into these IG lives, over a million for his first IG live, people who engage in all of his posts on Instagram or Twitter, whatever platform, TikTok, I don't know what the hell he has. He feels like these translate into fans, into people who want to look at his, look at his videos, listen to his music. When really, they're just there to see the sideshow. It's not support. They just want to know what's going on and to comment on it. So when it came down to literally supporting his music, no one did it. And he threw a hissy fit. And it's incredible to be privileged and a snitch. Like, half the album's about him ratting and being proud of it. So that's let's put that on the side for a second. That's, that's in the left column. Then I look at the right column, and... Megan Thee Stallion's everywhere, right? She's in the WAP video. I, we talked about that with the old man. And her and Cardi did that video. Uh, shout out to Cardi. BX, you know, hold your head. Everyone goes through a divorce. She'll be all right. Um, so Cardi is everywhere. Megan Thee Stallion was everywhere. She, and I've never seen this done. She got shot and swept it under the rug like it was nothing. Nothing. She shrugged this shit off. We haven't seen Tory Lanez at all, which, I mean, to be fair, we don't deserve, he doesn't deserve to be seen. But it could have went so much worse for him. She just swept it under the rug. She ate this bullet like she was a gangster rapper in 98, where she was just like, nah, this shit happens every day, like whatever. She shrugged it off, and she's not what Takashi was, right? And I, this is like the yin yang to me. Like, he portrayed being this gangster rapper and all this stuff, and then we saw it, you know, fall to shambles, right? We knew that it was a sham. He went to trial. He started singing like a bird. We knew that. She never portrayed being gangster at all and probably did the most gangster shit I've seen in hip-hop the past 20 years. And that's not even a hot take. I told you guys, no hot takes this show. That's like real talk. She's done the most gangster move in hip-hop in 20 years. Since the days of Biggie, Pac, Big out like um I had Styles P stabbed someone back in the day. Let's keep that off the record. He did his time. Shout out to SP. But you know, like that that generation, when they were really about it, since that generation, she's done the most gangster shit ever. Cause she she got shot. It was on camera. She's bleeding. She went to the hospital. She came out like three days later, never stopped twerking, and never mentioned it. She went on IG Live once and was like, Yeah, he shot me. Done. Not to cops, not to nothing. No charges, no nothing. She's like, nah, I just not fucking with him. One that's scared. Being from Texas, yo, Texas people are wild. 
but it's the quiet ones, the people who don't publicly make a big deal out of it, which means you're, they're probably like five, six goons going to end up at Tory Lane's crib. And this will be handled in a different manner. But it's wild to see that, you know, hey, granted, I understand she twerks, she does, you know, maybe provocative music, but at the core, she never faked who she was. She goes to school, she was a college girl, all this stuff. She's very nice personality and just did the most gangster shit possible. Takashi tried to be the most gangster person, stupid face tattoos, you know, getting caught up, bags full of money, guns in every video, and did the least gangster shit possible. That is hip-hop now. In a nutshell, that is hip-hop. The most gangster people don't portray that they're gangster. She knows a code. She, she's been around OGs. She ain't give a fuck about that. She will handle that in her own way and however she sees fit and not publicly. If she chooses to go to authorities, it's not publicly. If she chooses not to, it's not publicly. And if she's in all right to send goons to Tory Lane's house, then listen, she won't do that shit publicly either. We'll just see five foot four Tory Lanes being hung upside down by his trousers. But her name won't be attached. She handled gangsters move in silence. She's living by the code. And the most gangster portrayed person, all these guys who talk about selling drugs or do in the bando or in the trap, all this shit, all these young kids, none of them are gangsters. Takashi around all the gang, not a gangster at all. He got in a gangster situation, started singing, ratted, came back out, and is bragging about doing shit that's against the code. And that's hip-hop in 2020. It's the microcosm. Crazy. It blew my mind. I was like, these two scenarios are the perfect, perfect just view of hip-hop under a microscope. What's gangster is Kendrick Lamar speaking out about social issues. Doing to pimp a butterfly. Before that shit was cool. What's gangster is Wale always celebrating his blackness. Regardless of what the fuck people feel. What's gangster is J. Cole talking, being out with the people. Rhapsody saying, I'm not shaking my ass doing this. The women who are shaking their ass saying, fuck it, yes, I'm shaking my ass. So what? That's gangster. Cardi B could just be Cardi B. Be ratchet, be from the ex, be who she is. But no, she's talking to politicians. She has a much larger voice. That's gangster. Everyone else who says it, that shit's whack. And that's hip-hop. Sadly, everyone loves everyone else. Not everyone, I should I say. But that, that's become pop. It's become popular to be the everyone else. So it's wild. I'm glad that Big Sean beat out Takashi. Because it's, you know, it's, a, it's a win for the good guys. Because for too long, it became cool to be the opposite end. So that's something that was playing in my mind, too. I know there's a deep rabbit hole, right? Uh, but that was something I was thinking about during this past week and a half where we had no shows. And I had plenty of time to think about it. The other thing I checked out, like always, we check out the verses. And... We had Aunt Patty versus Gladys Knight. One, this wasn't like the, oh, you come at me, I come at you versus. No one expected that, right? And 
honestly, these this wasn't a versus for me. Shout out to AJ Springer, reverse Rat Pack member. In the group chat, he was marking out for it. I was like, this this isn't for me. I, I tried watching it. I watched it for like six minutes. Because, and I know Dre is going to crush me when he comes back on here because it's probably for Dre. This is not like my Stevie Wonder hot take. I appreciate their music. I appreciate Stevie for that. You know, uh, let me say that as well before people crush me. But, like, watching a versus between this, I, I didn't think it fit the structure of a versus. You put this on social media platforms. Everyone I saw at an older age that this was for were watching with their kids. And maybe that's cool. You know, 30-year-olds, late 20-year-olds, you get to be around your parents. It's a bonding moment. You sh- Yo, mom, dad. Patty, Grandma, Patty's going to go against Gladys. Oh, you throw it on. You guys are jamming to their music. That's cool. I understand that dynamic. If you and your crib watching it by yourself, I, I don't really get that. It didn't It didn't reach out to me. I, I couldn't watch it. And then now we're getting into this weird place with the verses where I'm not mad at this. But this is a niche versus battle. And if we're going to be doing niche versus battles... It's time to go all in. There's no half step in that. There is now no excuse why you can't give me NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys. Because you're giving me olden era music people that's very niche to a certain demographic. You can give me niche battles now. And I understand me and Dre have talked about this. You, You let like... A few white people in, maybe all the white people take it and gentrify it. I'm just asking for one. Not a regular thing. I'm not trying to say, like, we have to go and rehash every old-timey what-if battle. You know, like, just because we had Gladys versus Patty don't mean we got to go get the Isley Brothers. Even though I would love to see the Isley Brothers in the verses. But, you know, like, it's not going to be a common thing. But if we're throwing out these little niche battles... I can get a Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC to see NSYNC watch them. You know, I can I can get some, yo, give, again, niche battles from my era. Give me B2K versus Pretty Ricky. Yes, I want to see that shit. I still play Pretty Ricky to this day. My wife hates it. I love it. I'm not sure if they got 20 songs, but we'll figure it out. M- Monica didn't have 20 either. We let her rock. You know, if we're going to do niche battles, cool. Let's go all the way niche. Let's get really weird if we're going to do niche battles. You know, I give me like Tech 9 versus Twister. Like, let's go real niche if we're going to do this. Because before is you know, big superstars, oh, hits versus hits. But this isn't that anymore. That's what this proved. It's not that. So if we can do niche stuff... Let's do niche. I feel like AJ Springer. I should have had AJ as a guest. He's popping up all over the show. He asked his iPhone the other day, who's the best rapper of all time? His iPhone told him Busy Ball. This is what Siri said. So, I mean, if Siri likes Bone, we can have a Bone Thugs battle. Bone Thugs versus someone. Again, you get very niche. Give me Bone Thugs versus Goody Mob. There's two groups that people don't give enough shine to. Give me something like that if we're going to go niche. This niche wasn't for me. It wasn't. But I understand this is for the people whose parents cleaned every Sunday morning. 
They, you know, they, the parents made them get down and not mop the floor, but scrub it by hand, on hand and knee. For the parents that make their kids wipe the baseboards. I get it. This is for them. This is those Sunday mornings. And I, I understand this. But I grew up with my grandma. She was Puerto Rican. That's how I know all my old Souths and stuff. So I get it. If I would have grown up in the house full time with my other grandma, you know, maybe I would have heard more of the oldies. That would have been my Sunday morning. Maybe I would have tuned in for this one. Maybe I would have tuned in with her. But I don't know. It just it didn't. It didn't reach out and grab me like that. But for who it was for, y'all appreciated it. But if we're going to go niche, let's go all the way niche. That's all I'm saying. That's my beef with that. Um, before we get into combat sports, because I'm talking UFC and boxing, saving the pro wrestling for the old man, like I said before, I am going to crack a claw, first and foremost, for the old man. Shout out to him. Uh, and like I said, he'll be back. We'll explain why we took the hiatus, yada, yada, yada. Today, this is for fun. Before I do that, though, like I mentioned, the start of the show is my wife's birthday. We're out here in Vegas. We're chilling. It has been fun. So, since I'm on here dolo, and like all of these shows, I can do what I want when I'm dolo, I wanted to bring my wife over and have her join me for like five minutes before we go to break. And I'm going to ask my wife questions. Because it's her birthday, and you guys don't really get to hear from her. And the way that the show just so happened to be structured, I met my wife shortly before, the, around the exact same time, we started the show. She curved me for about the first two months, in which the show really got rolling, so that was good. And then we started dating right after like the Pacquiao-Mayweather busy week, so probably like 10 episodes in. And we've been together ever since. So it's easy to map, one, how long we've been together as a couple, because it's the same length as this show has been going, which is now five and a half years. So it's cool we get to do that. And also, if I ever forget how long the show's been going, I can just be like, oh, I've been together with my wife for this long. And you guys have heard my stories the entire time about me, her, and whatever craziness pops up. And you guys have followed us throughout this journey, especially people who've been here from the jump, but you guys have never really heard from her. And so I figured, okay, you know what? It's her birthday week. We're here, we're chilling, we're in the hotel room. She can come over and talk to us. So real quick, babe, grab a claw, come sit down. You can sit down wherever you want. You want this chair? Yes, people, I'm keeping the mic running, so I'm not editing this in. I'm just inviting her over. Crack that, babe. I hope she doesn't break a nail by doing this. There you go. Crack the claw. Cheers to you. Cheers. Happy birthday. Thank All right, you. so the mic is right here. Make okay. sure you speak up. You're good. This is how loud I'm speaking. Okay. You don't want to speak a little louder? No? Maybe? Just a little? No, I'm not a fan of my voice like you are. It's okay. No need to be shy. We're all family here. Yes, the, yes. The Corner Club. Okay. So, everyone, official introduction. My guest for today, my wife, Elena Dansby. Hello. This is quite the surprise. Yes, Thank you. yes. I randomly pulled you over. Thank I you. I was for just getting me. ready to go out for the evening and got um got got summoned over here. I guess. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. I appreciate it. You know, it's it's nice to have you as a guest on the show. Oh, thank you. Babe. Yes, yes, it's very formal right now. So I have several questions for you. Shoot. All right, and be honest. The people will love the honesty. Always. What is the best part of being with me? Um. 
the media perks, of course. Oh, man, I think the I'm way just I kidding. treated her, I'm just the kidding. love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had no no clue about the media perks yes, until I was deep into it. But, no, uh, the best part of you is, is your selflessness and your care and love and consistency. Yes, look at that. See, okay. I, I can go on and on, no, actually. I, I believe it. Okay. I'm a great guy. Yeah, I mean, you are. Yes. Uh, humility is not one of my, my biggest traits. No, no, sir. But I, I wanted to start off, you know, with, with the love fest so people would hear good things the next thing about is, yourself yes of course okay. that's okay it's just how i how uh -huh. i rock uh what's the struggles of being with a journalist now we get into the nitty-gritty um all the down times hard times um little struggle times that we've gone through have been made public um that was kind of by my choice that that's was, kind of like i've gotten over it now and it's kind of like cool little growth in us and I, I don't really cringe on it anymore so I'm not mad at that struggle maybe just working non-stop but I'm, I'm just used to it so it's fine I don't know we just work around it I just work around it I guess yes that's why I appreciate you yeah but it is non-stop grind right like 24 7 I mean we're in Las Vegas right now for my birthday yet you've been working so I can't really complain so yeah. it is what it is it's, um, better than others so Yes, I, I feel like I am better than others. Listen, wow, it's not bad. It's going pretty well, Alrighty. man. Alrighty. All right, hold on. Let's take a drink, okay, then. Okay, we're gonna need that. Drink of the claw. Ah, cheers to you. No, okay. to you. Uh oh, I thank you. Uh -huh. Shout out to the Corner Club. Cheers to them. Yes, cheers to you guys. What's the best trip we've taken so far as a couple? Yeah, putting on the spot, people. So if you guys this don't, this really hitting. Yeah. But go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. it's tough. Like, the thing about us, and thankfully, we've been able to travel a lot when I go for events. Rarely do I go to an event without Elena by my side. So the past five years, I mean, I covered the NBA Finals. We went, and that was like our third date ever. So we went there together um, in San Fran. You worked your, your work events into our dating basically so it was yeah. it became our dates like festivals life is beautiful festivals and and yeah random i mean these are amazing opportunities of course but um you worked them into it being what we do for dating yeah so if i travel you travel we yeah. went to atlantic city especially now thank god um, yeah you know with espn we try to go and make sure we still get to spend that time since i'm always working mm -hmm. we get to spend time even little bits when we travel and take a night out to go eat when I, you know, don't have to go to like a weigh-in or something yeah. else. What's the best trip though? Oh, there's a few. New Orleans was, was really good, really fun. Of course, our very first San Francisco. Yeah, San Fran, she never lets me live it down. We were on Fisherman's Wharf, which is brick-ass cold, by the way. Like, no one told me this. I was in freezing. May, yeah. Yeah, it was in May. Like, it was NBA Finals, brick-ass cold. And but we're out there and we have beers because that's one of the things I liked about oh, her. Like off rip, yeah. like she wasn't drinking like stupid hard ciders or something weird. Like we go out, we a go drinker. to a bar, yeah. yeah, and she'd order a beer. I was like, oh, she's such a grown woman. I was like, that's so sexy. Oh, I was like twenty five. Yeah, anyway, really it gets to that point of, of what uh, you were saying. So we order beers and. We have two beers and we sit them like on this ledge on the wharf and you can see like the waves moving and everything. We take a picture. So she posts the picture 
and it has both beers in it with the waves going. I post a picture, and I, I didn't crop out anything, but I only took a picture of my one beer and the waves. Yeah. And uh, hold on, you didn't crop it out. You just only took the picture of the that's one what I beer. Said. You were there by yourself, basically. Again, I said I didn't crop it. Cropping something out is grimy. I simply framed the photo to only have my one beer in it. I don't know why. I cannot believe you're like trying to justify this right now. You no, definitely it wasn't cropped <laughs> it out in real life. Okay, like, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like okay. physically done on phone. But yeah, okay. so it wasn't real Whatever life. helps you sleep. <laughs> so again, she doesn't let me live this down. Absolutely um, not. But yes, I had the one beer in the photo. Outside of that outstanding trip... And no, it's great. I loved us going together and being able to do that on like the third date. She drove with me because I didn't um, have a flight for that because I didn't anticipate the finals going that long. So I never like pre-purchased a flight or anything. And then I was like, yo, I got to drive. I remember we were um, at this point, we're probably like a week and a half in, but we were talking like all the time yeah on text and stuff and i was like man i gotta drive up to san fran and i was just like eight hours you, eight, hour, eight drive. hour drive and i was like do you want to come with me and i definitely um had you know my savings i definitely had my savings and um a, a stash just in case i needed a hot flight back home if you were super weird yeah i should have after the one beer post but <laughs> i'll no, let it rock yeah instead we took very cute pictures in front of oracle we have like three of them now different years because of all the times we went yeah. there so yeah, was that cool. was that was fun and then yeah i mean san francisco has been kind of like a trip we've done three times now it's been a while since we've gone up there but we have yeah. to go back so that's like a major we're east city. coasters now yeah we are east coasters now. um all of our wrestlemania trips have been amazing especially with our fam our extended family um yeah shout out to rat pack it's yeah. always been fun always uh, fun you like new york more than dallas I do not like Dallas. The trip, yeah. Yes. But, I mean, Dallas is special because it was my very first, but I don't like Texas in general. Yeah, it wasn't. Is that wasn't for okay you. for me to say? Yeah, yeah, it was too flat. Sure. Too flat. Minded. Yeah, yeah. The people were somewhat They were different. Up. Yeah, um, our Atlanta trips are dope. So, yeah, we got Always. plenty. Yeah. Yeah, plenty of trips to choose from. But, yeah, I like that. I think traveling together is definitely one of the ways we, we really stay i don't know we we have fun yeah as a couple and it's within work boundaries but it's the way we keep things going and we're yeah. always around each other so that's really cool. always yeah it's definitely fun the best perk that comes with being with a journalist oh the events and dates and stuff which i didn't know about i didn't know anything about sports didn't know anything about journalism didn't even know anything about the field so, um, yeah, it's been quite the journey. Yes. And then now you know about the universe. Yes. And my life, life with a journalist. Hashtag um, on yes. Instagram. Because it's quite different. It's been fun. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think, I mean, us going to concerts for me, it's like the fun part. Because being able to like freelance and like do writing and stuff about music or concerts or events, um, AVN is dope when That's, I cover that for like BSO. Yeah. This was our first year we didn't go in all five years we've been together. Yeah. So we yep. go to AVN every year, like, and I've covered that. So those were always fun trips, like stuff outside of, you know, the WrestleManias, the boxing yeah. events. Because a lot of those are 
more career field work yeah so but it's, it's still cool. awesome it's still no, fun. it's still great but it's cool to like go and do stuff that i don't write about every day and yeah like, i really can't go together. to like mayweather fights or anything yeah. or mcgregor but um you know those are the big things but but festivals like seeing j cole yeah. and, and and disneyland no disneyland now i get to go to disneyland <laughs> yeah disneyland disney world so no that was cool yeah taking the whole fam to disneyland yeah was a, i get to do cool things like that it's, it's cool definitely part. it's definitely a lot of perks all right, this is the tough one. Before we go to break, the last question. The people must know the true answer. And I already know this answer because, again, we've been married and together for what well, we've been married for over a year. We've been together for five. I know this woman like the back of my hand. But it's great for you guys to hear this. If you didn't marry me, I'm out of the equation. Wow. I am not here. But you can marry anyone else in the world. Who would it be? Are you really gonna make me do this? Yes, I'm making you say it. Who would I? Who would I do? I you tell know. me. I already know. I don't know if I'd marry this person. The D, the I, the D, the D, the Y. Sean Combs. <laughs> Sean it's Diddy. Combs. <laughs> which I'm expecting for my birthday next year. To marry Puff? No, just like a shout out. Okay. You got like, it. <laughs> like a happy, happy birthday, Elena, for Puff. Yeah, get it All going. Right. Yeah, we can do it. Um, but yeah, no, my, my wife has been the biggest bad boy fan forever. Sean Combs specifically. Spe yes, but she also picked 112 over Jacket Edge. Always, all day. Um, all day. All When we played day. like 21 questions on the first like couple weeks of dating. First couple days. The 20 questions. My, my first, no, second, 20, second or third question I asked you was Pocker Big. Yeah. Because that matters to me growing up in the 90s. Yeah. Oddly and enough, you were on the West Coast. I was like, oh, she's going to hate my answer because I'm saying Biggie. No, I but mean, no. that that got Booyah. you the date, sir. Yeah. That and the, you know, you didn't want any more kids and you want to travel. Yeah, I mean, that, that also helped. You know, yeah. having three kids by 25. I was like, no, nah, I'm done. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Big, um, Big, Big made the date. Yep. So Puff would be a person. Yeah, I thought you were going to Puff. And it's and not as though I think he's like some heartthrob cute guy. He's just an iconic. Do you think he's not cute? I don't think he's like the most, no, I mean, I don't think he's attractive. You know what? I do like his quarantine beard with his little <laughs> silver in it. I looked at that yesterday. I was like, all right, Sean. I call him Sean as if I know him. Yeah. Don't judge me. I've loved this man since I was 15. <laughs> so, anyway. I just wanted it all wax. Like, I knew the answer. I, oh. I just needed it all wax on the podcast. Yeah, it's out there. It's okay. You can have your love for, for Puff. Um we're going to watch The Mandalorian Season 2 together. What is Sasha that? Banks. What is Mandalorian Season 2? Is that that Star Wars? It's Star Wars. Sir. And Sasha Banks is in it. Then we're definitely not seeing it together. So we have to watch Sasha. It's a solo trip. You take your one beer <laughs> and you go to that movie by yourself. Buddy. <laughs> it's a series. It's on Disney+. Plus. Oh, oh, I'm going in the room. Yeah. Nope. I'll <sighs> go shopping. Go do something else. Cold-blooded. Looks like I'm watching Sasha Banks. By myself. Uh, <laughs> no, so babe, thank you for joining me. Thanks. We are going to finish these white claws. You guys stay tuned. When I come back, I am talking UFC and then wrapping the show up with boxing. So you guys stay right there. I'll be right back. All right, we'll get back to the show in a second. But if you guys have been listening to us and you're a little bit hungry, 
there's an answer for you, and that's DoorDash. You counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. You don't have to get up, you don't have to turn off the podcast, they come to you. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite natural restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, just that quick, I am back. Shout out to my wife for being our guest this week. Nothing but love, babe. Love you. Uh, so that was really dope to just be able to chop it up with her. And again, when I have these solo shows, I get to do cool shit. So that is something that I felt like would be really cool because you guys have not heard from her as members of the Corner Club. Actually, a couple of you have met her by now. So, I mean, that's in person. But on Wax, it's cool to have her on the show especially on her birthday week, you know, five years of the show, five years me being with her. So that was all very fun. Now, though, we got to talk combat sports and the UFC. Yes, we have a card. We'll we'll talk about the card itself here in a second. But the other thing that happened this week was Dana White, several athletes, including Justin Gaethje, Henry Cejudo, Kobe Covington, of course, they went and they were at Trump's, I guess, rally in Vegas. And I'm not here to tell anyone not to go to a Trump rally, right? You support who you want to support. You guys know me and Dre's feelings on Trump and the MAGA shit, whatever. I'm not here to tell people not to support that. If that's what you want to support, if that's, you know, if you're a Republican, you're just going to be a diehard Republican no matter who it is. Listen, you're prerogative. Do your thing. What I'm here to talk about today is how do you have, one, a guy who fights this weekend. So you take him four days out from a fight, five days out from a fight to this rally where there's clear anti-mask people. Masks aren't required at all. They got hit, the venue got hit with a huge fine from the city of Henderson, I think it was in, because there were so many people without masks. And they were breaking regulations. You take these top athletes. You take a guy like Justin Gaethje, who is going for a title fight in a month against uh, against Habib. And you put him in an environment where you can catch the Rona. How do you put Kobe Covington in this environment? He has a fight in four days. How could you then tell Tyron Woodley that, no, this guy is safe? This guy doesn't have the wrong. How can you guarantee that when he's arm in arm this entire rally with no mask, arm in arm with Trump, in the crowd with no mask? Dana White, who shows up to all of these events, everyone else is mandatory, mandated to wear a mask. Dana White is not. 
He shows up to all these things without a mask. And then shows up to his own USC events without one. How are you saying that you're taking fighter safety into account, but yet still doing this? That's my biggest thing going into this is it seems like a big gamble to risk these fighter safety and health and just the cards that you're putting on. We just had Tiago Santos pull out of a card next weekend because he caught the Rona. So you're jeopardizing these cards for the sake of a photo op? And not just the boss. Now you're putting employees on it. That makes no sense to me. It No sense to me at all. I don't know how it's justified. I don't know how a UFC fighter can justify it. To my knowledge, no one has asked Dana White or these fighters why they chose to go there, especially Covington on a fight week. Why would you put the fight in jeopardy? I I don't get it. I, I can't figure it out. In terms of Justin Gaethje, I mean, listen, we all like Justin Gaethje. We all like watching him fight. I can't wait for him to get this title shot. I think he's the perfect foil to Habib if there is one but now it comes out that you know there's a contingency plan there and if you have that then it's okay like if you if we lose out on that fight then it's like man all right that sucks Gaethje would have to wait you know like all right but at least you can have a backup fight already and that's something that you can't have for this weekend. It's just, it's just way too late. You put this weekend's card, the card that's right in front of you, in danger for a photo op, for a campaign trail. That makes no sense to me. Oh, and I forgot to mention the contingency plan with Gaethje versus Habib is Michael Chandler, by the way. Longtime Bellator champion, just signed with UFC over the past couple of days, and he is the contingency. He is, if something happens to either one of these guys, he's stepping in and there will be an interim title that Gaethje already has. Or if he fights Habib, it'll be for the real title, and he has a chance to come right over and become a UFC champion right away. And great job by Michael Chandler to say, you know what? I want the best. And I'm willing to take it on short notice on... You know, no real training, whatever I have to do, I'm ready to step in there and fight. So shout out to him. But, I mean, Colby Covington, no one's stepping in there late notice if he would have got something. It didn't happen. The fight's going through. To our knowledge, it didn't happen. We don't know really the ins and outs of the testing. But it seemed dumb. It seemed unnecessary to put him in that light. Talking about this weekend's fights, though, Colby Covington aside, it is a fight a lot of people have been waiting for. So we have Covington versus Tyron Woodley. This is a fight we wanted to see when Woodley was champion. And it just couldn't get made. Like, it couldn't be figured out. But fans wanted to see this fight. The trash talk between them. And then, of course, Colby Covington versus Usman. The trash talk ramped up there as well. And then it gave us, you know, the humbling of Colby Covington. 
you know, let's, let's keep it a buck. He fought a good fight early on through three rounds, four rounds. The fifth round, he just got demolished, got his jaw broken. He didn't shut up his mouth. But, I mean, the guy proves, he's, you know, he's a hell of a fighter. And that's one, Tyron Woodley, before I jump ahead, we'll get to the predictions in a second. Tyron Woodley shows up to the press conference with uh, one of, you know, like the custom, you know, mock MAGA style hats. It wasn't a MAGA hat, but he showed up and it, you know, said something like racism gets you knocked out or something like that or get your ass beat, whatever. I get it. It's like the cool thing to do now is to mock the MAGA hats. I, I don't like that personally. I don't want someone even mistaking me for wearing a fucking MAGA hat. But it's like the cool thing to do. So cool. Woodley showed up with that. Black Lives Matter shirt. Made the conference in his part about Black Lives Matter, which is something we haven't seen in mixed martial arts. We haven't seen it in the UFC, really. Um, we saw it at, in Bellator, so let me take that back. So a couple of Bellator fighters have, have been in a cage with shirts and everything. We really haven't seen it in the UFC. And Woodley, to me, from jump, has been the perfect guy to do that. But it falls on deaf ears, unfortunately, if he goes out there and gets mollywopped. And the past couple of fights he's had, he's been timid. He hasn't let his hands go. It hasn't been the same Tyron Woodley. He got ragdolled by Usman. And Kobe Covington has the skills to ragdoll him if he doesn't come out and be aggressive. If he doesn't let his hands go. If he doesn't come into the octagon with the intent to hurt someone and to hurt Kobe Covington, he is going to get hurt because Kobe is a great fighter. And Kobe will never let him live it down. And Kobe will then use the Black Lives Matter and everything against him. He's wild at the mouth. So Tyron, I think, is the right guy to speak up. But on, on the flip side, if it was just another opponent, speaking up would have just been enough. Bringing light to Black Lives Matter would have just been enough. He would have done a lot. Against Colby Covington? Now you got to put your fifth where your mouth is. Your fists have to do the talking. You can't then lose. At this point, that's where we're at. No black fighter can lose against Colby Covington. If we're, just, if we're just being honest. If you are a black fighter, you cannot lose to this man. And that's where we are. So Tyron, Tyron got a big slate on his hands. And let's go through the card because the card itself is actually pretty good. We'll make, uh, um, I'll make, um, <laughs> I keep saying we, uh, Dre is not here. I'll make predictions for this week. So starting on the main card, we have Kevin Holland versus Darren Stewart. <sighs> Man, I'll go with Holland. To win this fight, his measurables are crazy. 6'2 in the in the middleweight division. So that's that's just that's a big dude to be fighting this light. So I, I like the measure. I don't know, Darren Stewart's really good too. That's a toss-up card. Kevin Holland just for the fuck of it. Next fight, women's straw weight, Mackenzie Dern versus Randa Marcos. I think there's another fight. Mackenzie Dern can win, maybe take another two bumps up in the rankings. I think she's starting to f really figure it out, fall into her own. She's figuring out ways to get the fights to the ground. And when the fight is standing, she can hold her own long enough to have her opponent make a mistake. 
And that's all you can ask. Because when it gets to the ground, she's the best in the world. So I think, especially after becoming a mother, she is refocused. She's not had any weight issues. She, she's just matured. I, you know, it's great. You know, I know how having a kid at a young age could really focus you and change your life. So that could be a part of it. But also just growing up sometimes. Learning how to be a professional. Learning how to really zero in on your craft. That all has to take part in that as well. So I think we're seeing that out of Mackenzie here. And I think she puts it all together. And I think she wins again. Probably by like some weird gnarly submission. So give me Mackenzie by submission. Next fight, Johnny Walker versus Ryan Spann. I'm picking Johnny Walker because he needs it. He was red hot. Dre loved him as a prospect. Then he did the worm once and like separated his shoulder. And he hasn't been the same since. So when you look at Johnny Walker, all that talent, all, all that what if, all that potential, he's a fight, fight and a half away from being cut, being Johnny Bellator. So Johnny Walker needs this fight more than Ryan Spann needs this fight. Give me Johnny Walker, a guy who is arguably a fight away from a championship opportunity as a red hot prospect now to a guy who's a fight and a half, two fights away from being cut. So... He needs this more than anyone else. All right, talking about a prospect or a guy coming into this with a ton of momentum, we have Hamzat Shamov coming into this fight. He already has another fight booked against Damian Maya, but Dana White trusts him so much, they double booked him. And you can't really fault Dana White. This is a guy who's dominated in the octagon, who has taken like three total punches. In his two fights, his last two fights, he is just an animal. He is a bigger Habib right now. He's the Habib of the middleweight division. It is crazy to watch what he does. So, yeah, I mean, Gerald Merchart, you know what, Gerald? Congrats. I like to trash talk this week. Gerald's taking an L. Give me <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't go against it. Gerald's losing in, I'll give him two minutes. Gerald gets tapped in two minutes. So that is my prediction. Co-main, Cerrone versus Nico Price. <sighs> Nico Price, he's a crazy dude. This is going to be a, a scrap. But Cerrone wins these, right? Like, the Connor fight was kind of an anomaly. He got just really, which is weird to say because Cerrone's been fighting forever. But he just, he got caught up in the moment. And Connor just does that to people. Outside of Habib. Because man wrestles bears. But Connor just has that, that ambiance. Something was different. So give me Cerrone to win this fight. And Nico to leave bloodied. Because that's what Nico does. Win or lose. He's going to be rocking the Crimson Mask. Main event, Kobe Covington versus Tyron Woodley. I'm never picking Kobe Covington. And I'm also never picking him against a black man. So, Tyron Woodley by devastating knockout. I don't care if I, I just explained why Kobe has a perfectly good shot of ragdolling Tyron for five rounds and making it look ugly. But I'm never picking him over Black Man. So, Tyron Woodley by devastating knockout at one punch KO. And I hope it's like the fourth round. I, 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 need, I need this to be like a beating. So, that's where I stand 
And that's my official prediction for that fight. So Woodley goes over in the main event. I'm going to take one more break. When I come back, we're going to touch on a couple of things in boxing and wrap up the show. Thank you guys for staying with us this long. Man, it feels good to be back on the mic. Stay right there. All right, we'll get back to the show in a second. But first, Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFL Sunday ticket.tv you can stream every live out of market nfl game every sunday afternoon on your favorite devices plus red zone and direct tv fantasy zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players no matter where you live nfl sunday ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious sundays ever use the promo code blue wire at checkout to get 15 percent off your subscription visit nfl sunday ticket.tv and use promo code blue wire All right, welcome back. We are in the home stretch boxing time, and I'm not going through all the different boxing cards. We can recap that next week with the old man. Um, we're coming up really close to the Charlos pay-per-view, and that's one thing I want to start on. Both Charlos are great. Jamel, Jamal, great. They put together good cards. It's really a double pay-per-view, so double co-main events. You have a six-fight main card. That's great. They priced at $75. $75 during a pandemic. I don't care how stacked it is. I don't care if it actually is two main event quality cards. $75, that's a tough sell. Tough sell for anyone in this climate, let alone the Charlos, who aren't pay-per-view guys yet. So I, I feel like... I get what they're trying to do and just reestablish these guys as pay-per-view stars, or excuse me, establish them as pay-per-view stars and just get them rolling. But sooner or later, sales still matter. So this is the time where you have that deal with Fox. You, you can put them not even on Showtime. You can see if Fox can give you a primetime slot for, you know, four fights and have these guys really show off to a national audience. The fights already have been doing good numbers on Fox. Fights much less caliber of this. You can maybe pull two and a half, three million viewers and establish their name. Instead, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like maybe they get 70,000 sales, maybe 80,000 pay-per-views. I might be optimistic. So when you price it at that, it's, it is a tough sell, man. It is a tough sell. In this day and age, where streaming and everything still is out there, it's a tough sell during a pandemic when people are hurting for money and you're not really reliant on any casual fans buying this. You're trying to take $75 out of the pockets of hardcore fans, and I, I feel like they might have other methods to watch. So that's that's a tough sell for me. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Charlos do great. I, I just don't see it. So $75 for the Charlos pay-per-view was something that came out this week, and I was just like, yikes. Um, the other thing that came out, of course, and it was probably like a week ago now, but again, it's our first show in like a week and a half, Canelo sued DeZone and Golden Boy because they're simply not letting him fight. So, okay, there's no pay-per-view, obviously, with DeZone, and they've kind of boxed themselves into a corner 
because you have these guaranteed contracts like Canelo's, which is like 35 million, without a gate. So without being able to get fans in the attendance and in the building, which Canelo always brings them out, you don't have that as a cushion now. And it's tough. You know, like it's tough to pay someone $35 million. Even if he was to fight, quote unquote, a top tier opponent like Triple G. I mean, the reports of them listing, you know, MMA guys like Habib, Connor as top tier opponents that they'll pay Canelo $35 million for is kind of ridiculous. When there's champions that they won't pay him for, like, eh, that report hurts. It's true. But even if it's a guy like Triple G, I don't I don't see it being enough to justify not alone not only the thirty five you got to pay Canelo, but the money that Triple G warrants on top of that. Now we're talking about maybe Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders. What Billy Joe's banking what like five mil, six mil, like so that's a total forty one. You get Triple G versus Canelo, they're each banking thirty five. Maybe 35 and 30. So now you're talking 65 mil, maybe 70. That's a lot to bring with no fans, no gate, no pay-per-view, just on the zone subscriptions. So they're they're really hurting in this model. They asked Canelo reportedly to take a pay cut of almost 55%, 50%. He's not gonna do that. Cause we talked about it on the show, uh, on our last show. Like, I think he's giving them a deal already. 35 million is a deal for him. Like, we all saw how much the heavyweights made this past fight, and they didn't do half the numbers Canelo pulls in. So, you can't tell me that he's not cutting them a deal by not being on pay per view. So, when stuff is going great and you get plenty of money and you can afford to pay him 35, that's cool. Also, when stuff is going bad, you got to eat that and still pay him 35. So it's interesting to see how, how that plays out. I know it just already changed a little bit in court, but that's not to say that Canelo can't refile or, you know, try to move it to a different court. There's so many things that can still happen there um, in terms of that fight. So we'll, we'll see the legal battle, the legal fight. So we'll see how that plays out. The bigger question is, is if Canelo pushes this all the way, if he does a full Andre Ward, right? If he takes him to court and says, I'm not fighting for you because you guys aren't going to pay me my worth. And he gets his release. Where does he go? What's the best spot for Canelo? Selfishly, obviously, being with ESPN and Top Rank being on the network, be like, oh, it would be cool to have him on Top Rank and to cover Canelo fights. But that's not the best spot for him. Canelo going to PBC would be the best thing possible. Like, you're looking at fights like Benavidez versus Canelo, Caleb Plant versus Canelo, Charlo versus Canelo. So many matchups for him on that side of the street that it's just amazing to think about Canelo jumping ship and being able to fight all of those fighters. I'd rather that than him versus... Uh, Andrade versus Billy Joe Saunders versus Callum Smith. I'd rather those three PBC names I named over all of those fights. So, it, man, just thinking about that is exciting. We'll see how far Canelo's willing to push it. 
The last thing I want to talk about in boxing, <laughs> I saved the best for last. Rumors came out the past couple of days. Floyd Mayweather entertaining an exhibition fight against YouTuber and 0-for-1 boxer Logan Paul. I understand it's an exhibition. We've seen Floyd do an exhibition in Japan. This exhibition makes no sense. Floyd dismantled a legit kickboxing prospect. Kid is filthy. He's been taking people's heads off ever since in Japan during the last exhibition. Logan Paul couldn't beat KSI. This is a fight, even as an exhibition, that shouldn't be allowed. Floyd could knock Logan Paul out if you tied one hand behind his back. If Floyd had to fight from his knees, he would win this fight, even as an exhibition. This, this is when stuff goes too far with the YouTuber and drawing people and attractions and all this. This is where it goes a little too far. And my point being is, listen, Floyd's 50 and 0. He has very little left to prove. When the dust settles, people will have to figure out where he falls in the pantheon of great all-time boxers. Top 10, top 5, greatest of all time. Wherever he, people would like to put him, in 10 years, I feel like we can revisit it, see his resume, see his wins, and judge him on what he did and how he was able to finish his career Regardless of who people say that he fought or didn't fight, when he fought them, he'd be finishing his career undefeated, which is something that rarely happens. So we'd have to really visit where Floyd fits on the all-time great list. A fight like this, and even it being exhibition, is something that would take away from that legacy. And yes, I, I understand. I understand Ali fought Anoki. He, he did like half wrestling, half boxing. Yes, exhibitions, even the greatest of all time to many people have done these things. And they're looked at crazy. I get it. Different era, complete different thing in my opinion. Floyd doing this now against a guy of this caliber is worse. <laughs> it hurts his legacy. It diminishes what Floyd is. It's one thing fighting, a real fight against Conor, or fighting even like Habib, like, which would be ridiculous, but even fighting something like that is different. Logan Paul is barely a fighter, period. So to fight him, is it'd be a money, money grab to the highest order and supremely beneath Floyd Mayweather Jr. So I, I hope it doesn't happen. The reports are out there. It just seems way too crazy. And then that opens up a rabbit hole of when does it stop? And this is coming from a guy who, who can't wait to see Tyson versus Roy Jones. But again, two fighters. Yes, they're in their 50s. But two fighters who are training and know how to fight. Can their body do it the same? Will they look the same? No. But they have two fighters' mentalities. They have the smarts. They have their, their huge, huge years of experience behind them. These were world champions. Logan Paul couldn't beat a British YouTuber. So it it's okay when these YouTubers fight each other. Maybe even a really lesser fighter. Floyd Mayweather, this is way too beneath him. I hope it doesn't come to fruition. I hope the reports are wrong. 
But we got to let it play out. We'll see. It looks like we let the episode play out as well. I think that's it. That's everything on the rundown. A little over an hour on this show, which is really cool. It's nice to get back in front of Mike. So we hope to have the old man back on Sunday. Recap a ton of wrestling that we have missed. So hopefully you guys tune in for that show as well. It felt great to be back. Hopefully you guys were entertained by just listening to me, having a little bit different format to the show, and just having fun. So make sure you follow the show on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore. On Instagram, Corner Club for Life. You can follow me, at Kel Dansby. You can follow the old man, at Andreas Hell on all platforms as well. Shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network. Always fun having you guys join us. Stay safe. Stay COVID-free. Make sure that you guys are getting enough rest and staying healthy, man. Again, our show is dependent on you, our listeners, and we need you guys around and to be healthy, to listen every week, and to listen and to just live your best life. Because we're all part of a corner club. We're here for you, and you guys are here for us. So please, please, please stay safe out there. Until Sunday, though, I'm out. Peace. All right. We hope that you guys enjoyed the show, but it's not over yet. The wait is, though. The wait for football is finally over, and the NFL is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.